You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Oh, Jesus, they're doing another one. Anyway, folks, uh, McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's the McGregor versus Poirier rubber match. Get in on the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this... Is Habs Nightly your hub for Habs content? Well, fuck, folks. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Habs Nightly. We're coming to you Sunday evening. Before Monday's game, fucking four. Let's uh, head on to fucking Coburg, Ontario, to see how Mason's doing. Mason, what's up, bud? Um, currently cursing out my dogs. I don't know if you can hear them spazzing out in the background. I apologize. Uh, yeah. uh, if anything, I don't hear them, so they're they're better than turkey. No, um, if anything, let me just apologize now, folks of Canada that know. You know, you guys are a lot more uh, well-rounded as far as history. So you guys know that today that we're recording this is the 4th of July. Uh, a lot of us doesn't don't know what July 1st is. You know, that's a running joke. But, um, yeah, so apologies in the meantime if uh, just the fucking crazy yats in this neighborhood I live in just start popping fireworks because uh, – it's dark now, so that shit's going to start happening soon. I got to wrangle the cats in after this. So the fucking like war PTSD doesn't come in and I don't see them for like a month because they just bonker down under fucking, I don't know, a shed somewhere. But yeah. No, I can't hear your dogs at all. So you're I fine. mean, there's, there's some dumbass blasting fireworks in my place right now, too. So sick. sick yeah. Man. Not even 4th of July related. I just have the world's most annoying neighbors on the fucking planet. We used to have a guy that lived across the street from my uncle that would make homemade uh, fireworks. 
and he would shoot them at us because like we would have like wars and stuff like across the street but his had like fucking wax you know like and like glue holding it together so if you got caught with one of these like you were getting like a glob of fucking molten glue just stick to you right and god forbid if it got to your skin because that was stuck for a hot minute you know like it would scab off finally but dude getting caught with that just it feels like little speckles of spit just molten spit hitting in your legs my god that was terrible there's actually nothing more i hate in this world than suburban fireworks (laughs) like fuck Especially like for first of July, whatever Canada Day, do whatever you want. It's Canada Day, mm-hmm. but all oh, these neighbors, fucking middle of like August, they'll be launching off fireworks. I don't. I have grandkids, but like, dude, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> you, Fuck off. you don't have to. You don't have to explain that to me. We live in a firework, twenty four seven state to where if you feel the need you want to pop a firework and it's not at like three in the morning they can't really do anything to you for it so uh <laughs> i heard that uh the fact that you know we're on a date where fireworks are heavily influenced uh that means for the next six months every day there will be fireworks and then every now and then you'll hear one but um the prices are so low for fireworks down here uh, it's ridiculous, but uh, Will Smith is actually funding the the fireworks display uh, in New Orleans tonight. Normally, every year when I worked in the city it was one of my favorite events to to get my ass kicked in the fucking kitchen, and then all of a sudden the tickets would just it would just like, dry up, you know. And then you just would walk outside, leave your fucking job, walk up the street to the little the little park right next to the river. And just watch this magnificent display of uh, lights. And then you walk your stupid ass back to work and get slammed for the next three fucking hours, you know. (laughs) But money was fucking good. So uh, to the friends that are still there, uh, I hope you guys are going to make some solid money tonight considering, you know, uh, it's basically COVID's over down here. Uh, we got like a, a variant down here, but people are acting like that shit doesn't exist anymore. Delta. So make that fucking money, y'all. Yeah, I'm actually uh, in line to get my what day? Yeah, on my uh, my second dose next week, next oh, Monday. Awesome. Very fucking excited. Got that moved up. Um, but it's funny you you mentioned getting slammed on uh. Independent Joy Force Independence Day, right? That's correct. That's when Will Smith saved us from the aliens. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so July 1st, Canada Day. Same shit, different, you know, different day. Um, literally every year, Canada Day is a absolute gong show until midnight or whenever you close. And you get that brief reprieve when the town fireworks go off. And then it's right back to the <laughs> absolute shit pounding of orders. <laughs> I, I remember I was I was 15 years old. It was my first year there. I was there until 4.30 in the morning. One of the older guys offered to drive me home. I pulled an 8 a.m. to 4.30 a.m. 
because it was just nonstop all day. Got 14 hours time and a half though. So that was fucking sweet. But yeah, actually a little bit, a little bit calmer on Canada Day this year. Um, obviously a lot of emphasis has been put on remembering um, residential school survivors and those we lost in residential schools in Canada. And I don't want to touch on it too much because it's a touchy subject. But um, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a status native. I don't identify as status. I do qualify if I were to ever pursue it. So it does mean something to me. Um, I won't speak as I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about the culture. I'm very whitewashed, but acknowledging, you know, my ancestry, other people's ancestry is important. And I just thought it was uh, nice to see that, you know, we've kind of acknowledged it these last few weeks and obviously in the light of some horrific discoveries, but that's, that's just my two cents on that. Hey man, uh, we try not to touch on uh, things that, might be a little mildly inappropriate just for, for the sake of this sports podcast. But, uh, you know, everyone has uh, rights to their own opinions on it. But, you know, we just try to stay clear from stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, I get it. You know, um, I believe it was last year our, you know, 4th of July and stuff like that was very low. Uh, you know, it was more of a – it was more of a time of, of – uh, of just thought and remembrance than uh, a celebration. And I, and I think that's the best thing that you guys uh, could do, you know, is try to just reflect and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't – not to touch on it too much, just to kind of say something. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, like, obviously I loved, loved Canada Day, love supporting Canada Day, but I also think it is important to acknowledge – um, you know, everyone's, everyone's not, no one's perfect. And that's the same with countries, their history, et cetera. Right. So mm-hmm. we work to move forward and moving on forward and Beautifully hope, said. hopefully with a lack of fireworks in Tampa Bay, Monday night, the Montreal Canadians will be facing Tampa in Montreal. Um, it's I'm conflicted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh um, shit. Yeah. Obviously I'm happy. Yeah. Like we've gotten to the Stanley cup final and I think the majority of our fan base thought we were going to lose to Toronto in the first round, but this is, this has been a horrible display. Um, The whole team's to blame. Definitely, no single player earn got no single player got us here, and no single player is going to earn all of the um, blame for going down three zero to Tampa. Um, look, let's be realistic. This Tampa Bay team might be the best team of the last decade, and they might prove to be the best team of this current decade. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I don't think Montreal comes back from this and, you know, you never say never. I do think Montreal wins game four. I think, you know, listening, if you're listening to this ahead of the game, Montreal is going to win tonight or Monday night. 
and you know they they may push it and you know what never say never miracles can happen but they will not win any anything they won't win another period of hockey if they don't show how badly they want this because the Montreal Canadiens I've seen the last three games have not realized that this is the Stanley Cup final. And that includes our captain and our franchise player, Carey Price, who has been otherworldly, a demon, a god. And I just have to say it for what it is, a total letdown in the Stanley Cup final. He just he hasn't been who we need him to be. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was talking to my, my friends that came and watched the game with me the other day. Um, in fact, it was my cousin and this dude might as well be my little brother, but, uh, it was the guys that I was originally going to start Bayou vendors with. Uh, it was going to be a triage, but, uh, they're so fucking bummy that, uh, I couldn't rely on them. <laughs> I couldn't rely on them to uh, to be constant with me, but I appreciate all the help that they've done, and they know that. But uh, Bayou Benders is just me, and, and that's okay. But, uh, you know, we were watching the game, and I don't think Carey Price is 100%. You know, I don't think it was the him sliding into the net the other night or anything like that. I think it was like a series back when um, someone like – there was there was a lot of pushing in front of the net. Someone fell on Carey Price. I think something like that might have might have caused him to uh, to just not be 100. You know, maybe it's like a shoulder injury or a groin injury or something. But it it's like night and day looking at Carey Price versus Winnipeg and Vegas, and then looking at what's going on these past three games. And I just can't wrap my head around it being other than an injury. I don't think it's him being tired necessarily um you just see this guy put on such performance and i just can't leave it up to just farting you know farting in the wind uh i i think there's something nagging him um i uh for not only like i tend to disagree i think and i see what you're saying like i I just don't I don't think the goals he's let in are that athletic, if that makes sense. They've yeah, been... they're fucking ugly. And that, that's why, like, I'm starting to believe that it could be an injury because they're kind of like sh- shit fucking goals. You know what I'm saying? So what I... Go ahead. Sorry, go. No. What I'm, what I'm saying is at least two of them, maybe three, have gone right through them. And mm-hmm. – I'm not a goalie. I've never been a goalie. I've never been a hockey player. But usually when you're hurt, it's your mobility, right? It's not your like your hand eye or your and when it when it goes into his chest and it bounces out, that's not that's a mental thing. You direct that. You have to be thinking. And I think he's getting caught off guard. Like it's almost as if the unflappable carry price is flappable. He, I think the pressure for the first time in forever got to carry price. I think got to the whole team. Now they've been through a lot, but look at who they're playing against. You don't think that's daunting. Like I get that this team is, <clears throat> sorry, a, kind of a never 
never say die. We don't give a fuck who we're playing kind of, kind of team. They've taken down the giants of Toronto and Vegas. But like we said before, this is Goliath. Okay. And I don't, I don't know the Bible off the back of my hand, but I'm pretty sure David didn't beat Goliath without divine intervention. Montreal, they're not going to have divine intervention if Carey Price doesn't play like the God he is. <laughs> so, and I think he's aware of that, right? So yeah. maybe just making him like, uh, just mentally like, uh, like over-processing, you know, we need like Sean Burke to just be the goalie whisperer and just, just get in there and calm him down like a fucking racehorse, you know, just, just calm him back down. I don't fucking know, dude, but. Well, uh, I think, I think what, well, I think what they need to understand is I've loved this attitude of boys the vet, that the veterans have said, sir, like Perry install boys. You don't get a chance at this. Mm-hmm. Like every time you, every year you play, this might be your last chance. So go out there and play hard. But the, excuse me, sorry. The problem is they haven't played like it's their last chance. The best players have been the young guys. And I almost wonder if the veterans are, you know, they're in that mindset of this might be our last chance and it's making them grip their stick that little bit tighter. Right. What I mean? And what they, I think what they have to do now is say, fuck it. Like, we're just going to go out there and play. What do you have to lose now? Like you can say the Stanley cup, but, only one team has ever come back from 0-3 in the Stanley Cup final. I don't think, like I said, this dynasty Tampa Bay team is going to be the second team to lose that lead. But if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you have to just go out there and have fun. Soak in every moment. You're in the Cup final. You've pulled off a miracle run. And this team, they might not win the Cup, but they will never be forgotten. People are going to talk about this Habs team for years. And even if Habs fans forget, Leafs fans won't because they are the <laughs> saltiest bunch of losers. This side of the fucking Atlantic, let me tell you, like they are horrid and they won't let us, they won't let us forget. And I hope they never forget how badly they choked that. But I just think the guys, like it's not over, obviously. But you have to play like it's just a regular game because Tampa is beatable. They're not like they're not invincible. No hockey team is. This is not the NBA. There's no big three that you can't beat. They don't have a Tom Brady. They're just a phenomenally built squad who at the end of the day were one goal away from losing in the Eastern Conference Final to the Islanders. I think, all right, so this might just be me showing my uh, unbelievable hate for uh, the state of Florida and the Tampa Bay uh, organization, right? So this team that you said was a dynasty, if they win this Stanley Cup, they're not winning another one the following year. And I'm just going to base it on the first one they win last year against Dallas, who came into this the third seed in their division and just 
barely fucking, you know, like they had to do a, I believe Dallas had to win a play in round like we did, right? On the back of a backup goalie and a team whose depth is just playing really phenomenal, just like us. They didn't fucking really play a top notch team that would be like their opposition in the finals. So I don't think they could beat a team like, you know, like the best team, the number one team against them. Like if they went up against, I don't know, uh, a fucking, a non-fucked up Vegas or something, I don't think Tampa can, I don't think Tampa wins. Like I just don't see this team beating a solid fucking team because every team they faced the last, well, that's not every team. The last two fucking Stanley Cup appearances have been miracle runs by the other team, right? I don't think they beat a team of the caliber of them fairly. If it's not a Cinderella story, they have no fucking shot. Just because they have a fucking number one fantasy draft pick, Nikita Kucherov, and number five fantasy uh, draft pick, Braden fucking point. I don't think they're fucking that great. I think that's actually a very fair point. They're talented. But, dude, like, what if the New York Islanders were us, right, in a a wrong fucking division just like we are this season, and now you're playing them in the end? Dude, Barry Trotz had them figured the fuck out. Like, I don't see them beating someone that's the caliber – like. Like, if the Penguins, when the Penguins were doing their shit in 2016 and 2017, that team would beat the fucking wheels off of Tampa because they were actually a solid fucking dynamite team. They didn't play Cinderella stories. They played the the, the flaming hot fucking uh, Nashville uh, Predators and then an amazing, you know, right before they fell apart, Sharks who at that time were like five times in a row making it relatively far in the playoffs. I don't think Tampa can beat a team like them. And I think like Carolina whacks their ass, Nashville whacks their ass in the regular season this year. I just think if they don't end up meeting a Cinderella story team, they don't, they don't make it look like this, you know? I agree to a certain extent. I do like. I often forget that Dallas even made the the Cup final. Last I don't. Year. I make... loved it. It was two Southern fucking teams. This was like literally Southern. Like you know, it was like it was just state and Southern hockey exists. And sadly, Tampa's got to be a part of that. But it is. I'll be know? honest. I watched that Cup run less than any other playoffs ever. <laughs> I did not give a shit. And, you know, like, I understand, great for promoting hockey in the South, I guess. But I think the majority of Canadian hockey fans had no Yeah, didn't give two fucks about it, yeah. Didn't give a single shit. But moving on, I just think that, I don't know, I this Tampa team, they've lost a cup final. They've lost... Their last going back to 2015, they've missed the playoffs once. They've lost the conference finals twice. They've lost the Stanley Cup final. They've won it, and then they lost in that big upset to Columbus. That's like when you've been to the Cup final 
three times in the last six years or no, seven years, sorry. And you've made the conference final two of the other, like, I just think they are so good. They're so experienced and you're right. Maybe they don't, they're like, they're not spanking Vegas like this. Maybe, maybe, but like, I like, I think you look on paper and you say that, but then I remember how Montreal, like Montreal didn't beat Vegas in seven Montreal beat Vegas in six and Vegas couldn't score against us. So you, you like, I, I, and I think it's important when you look at that, you pointed out, Oh, number one, fantasy draft pick Kucherov five point Stamkos. Like they have all these offensive threats. I think they're a better defensive team than they are offensively. <laughs> oh, fucking facts. Because I mean, look at the way they play us, right? In in the in the last episode when we talked about how they had like we were twenty shots on goal more than they were, all of their, you know, all of their goals really didn't come off of an offensive chance. It was more or less a fumble that the defense was able to recover. And that's what led to it. You know, I like, I, you're right. They play such a strong defensive game that they just get so many chances uh, and opportunities, you know, that come off of that. It's like us in the beginning of the season when we were like <laughs> six, you know, uh, shorthanded goals, you know, they, they just play such a tight, a tight defensive uh, strategy that it just fucks everybody that doesn't play against. I love you tweeted the other night um, that they were like the only team that that watched the tapes of uh, Calgary and Ottawa versus us this year. Um, I mean, that's kind of true. Like the defense is really top notch for them. And I guess you, you just see it really well in the way they play. Yeah, I I don't know how you solve that defense. It's it's tough. Ryan McDonough's on your second pair. People, you know, McDonough's been in Tampa for a few years now. I think people forget about him. When he was on the Rangers, that guy was the top 10 defenseman in the National Hockey League. I think he might still be. He was, he's a fucking nuisance to us, He's man. so undercover good. The offense hasn't, to my knowledge, let me just look it up real quick. It hasn't been what it was when he was in um, – New York, New York, but you know, he's, he's a shut that like you, you don't get past him. Actually he had 46 points his first year, way less the following two seasons, but he's just been a God eating up minutes on that second. Like, I don't know what other team you play against a guy like McDonough on the second pair and you get to the third. I think David Savard is a very underrated player. Miguel Sergachev can play on most teams' top two. I'm not saying he's a bona fide top two guy yet, but he's an easy number two option. It just shows how number three, much you know, depth like, they have. Oh, it's, it's disgusting. Cernak's played great. Um, who else? Who else? Savard. Savard, yeah, who I mentioned. Um, and Victor oh. fucking Hedman. Well, I haven't even talked about <laughs> Hedman yet, but I'm trying to think of uh, who's the other one. He's really, really impressed me. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's not coming to me. Maybe he hasn't impressed me that. Ruda, Jan yeah, Ruda. Ruda. I think he's yeah. been phenomenal too. They're, they're they're like if they win this, you you got they're a dynasty team. And I don't have any shame losing to a dynasty team, but I just want to see Montreal come out with some fight because really I don't think Tampa's had to work that hard to beat us. No, and you're I think right. we got. I mean, look them. at look at look at Tyler Johnson's. Uh, you know his his. Uh, uh, what do you call it? like media media minute after game? Uh, what was that two when we we fucking dominated them? You know, Tyler said that they they more or less shit the bed. You know, this isn't the best uh, we can bring. And then game three, they fucking dominate us again, and Tyler Johnson gets two goals. That dude is like. Fuck! Don't you don't want to face him in the playoffs? Point blank, he's a fucking dream ender, a king slayer, fucking. And they fucking didn't. He he was almost a like uh not even like he was almost not even a part of the team this year. I think they had him on waivers. I think he was like a fucking late signing before the season started. Yeah, I believe he was put on waivers this year. Because I was excited. I was like, fuck, someone's going to pick this dude up and realize how good he is. It's just Tampa's just, they're, you know, kind of stuck like uh, in the mud with their, their, their cap, you know. And, that. Yeah, and then the cheating. Which... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like you could have someone walk away from your team that's Tyler Johnson caliber. Like that, that's a Disney movie, you know. Like that kid was fucking undrafted and given a shot by Tampa. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Has been, you know, like the how people spoke about. Uh, he's not the caliber of him, but uh, like Barkov, you know, like everybody, like he was such a sleeper pick until like fucking spitting chicklets, like said his name every episode until people like believed it and shit, like a year ago. Barkov you know, was a sleeper pick, dude. Think about it. You tell me, like three years ago, Barkov was still performing super well. Everybody talked about him, but like analysts and shit would never give him the time of day. He was never looked at. He was never on the fucking radar. Now he is. I mean, three years ago, he scored 96 points. But wasn't talked about. Like, God, I hate all of Florida, but like a couple of players, you know. <laughs> I, 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 get, I just find it. <laughs> I, I guess I see what you're saying. I think Barkov, for me, I I really struggle to relate him to Tyler Johnson because one of them is an undrafted five foot eight centerman uh, out of the WHL. And the other one is a six foot three second overall draft pick. So I that never <laughs> got that. No one talked about. Well, I mean, he hasn't ever, ever struggled. Like he's been phenomenal. He won the, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I think he won the Lady Bing once too, didn't he? Something like that. But moving, we're very, very segway us hard. Track. Segway yeah. us um, back on track. Just, I guess, moving back to my point as talking about this and saying that, yes, I do want more effort. I want them to go out bleeding, <laughs> like fucking blood, sweat, and tears. Let's do everything we can. Because 
you know, Carey Price has got to play. Let's just assume he plays well. Guys, you scored the goal. If you had scored that 30 seconds sooner, it might have meant something. I'm talking about the Corey Perry one. Uh-huh. Like, 30 seconds sooner, it would have meant something. The game would have been within reach. But you scored a goal uh, with two minutes left in the game, and you were still down two. You're not scoring three goals on Vassy that late in the game. It's not going to happen. We have to score the first goal. It's imperative. We haven't got it once this series, I don't think, have we? No. And Tampa's just like us. They get that lead. They usually win. Almost. Yeah. I think it's been like almost all their wins have been they scored first. Yeah, I think there's only two games that they didn't score first. Uh Unrelated, Barkov did win the Lady Bing 2018-19 uh, season. But, you know, uh, watching them score so fucking fast in that third game, it, it reminded me of – I forgot what player said it for Winnipeg. That was just like when they asked about the series and they were just like, they just couldn't get the first goal, you know, and, and that was the downfall. And, I mean, look, look what Tampa's doing to us. They get the first one and they lean so hard on just – not letting us in the zone and just playing such a, a, a defensively driven style and it, it chokes us out, you know? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, we can pound it into the ground. I think I've said my piece on that. I guess we'll just talk about uh, predictions for lineups. We've seen Gustafson's been taken off the power play. Personally, I think if you take Gustafson off the power play, you have to put Romanov in. Because Gustafson doesn't play enough to justify his worth. I think, you know, I don't actually like him on the power play. I do think something needs to change, and that is what I would change, though. Put Romanov out there. What do you have to lose? You've burned two years of this kid's entry-level contract for 58 games of NHL hockey, including the playoffs. Fucking play him. See what happens. He's not going to hurt us. Trust me. Yeah, you're not lying. This is a do-or-die situation. And like you said, you know, you were like, you want to see them battle. You want to see them bloodied. And, you know, by that, we just mean we want to see a fight. You know, we want to see this team fight like they're hungry, like they realize that this is the end. You know, if you don't perform, um, I mean, we said the same thing. You remember remember when uh, against Toronto, fucking – who was it? Um, it was Josh Anderson that was like, you're going to see a hungrier team. And we didn't see it until the following game when it was do or die, you know? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Gustafson played 16 minutes in the last game. Uh, John Merrill played 13. But, yeah, you put in Romanov. I mean, look what he's capable of. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's going he's gonna to be the difference maker in this series. But you want to talk about a kid who's going to set the tone defensively and uh, just kind of grind it out? This kid's going to lay massive hits, and he's going to – you know, he could be a momentum swinger for this, you know, at least this game. Uh, I think we need to be more chippy. And, I, I mean, obviously we've we've been fucking chippy. I mean, we, we had 38 hits um, the last game. I mean, we're, we're almost at – I think we were close to 80 hits overall in that game. But – Bring in a kid who's not afraid to throw it, you know. Maybe, maybe that's something that we're missing. We're, we're, we're missing a defenseman that's just going to lay the body at a, any possible fucking moment he can line it up. I don't know. I, I don't see the fault 
and, and bringing up Romanov, like like you said, if if Gust if Gustafson's not on the power play, then he deserves to be scratched. And it's not because of his play. It's just we're not working that way right now. We need to bring in some toughness. So bring in the young kid who wants to continue to prove himself. Well, and further, has it? How many times have we said we are going as far as our youth takes us? Yeah. <laughs> right? Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, one in three on scoring. KK is our sixth top scorer. In terms of goals, um, Suzuki leads the way with seven. KK is tied for second with five. Caulfield has four. Um, <laughs> guys, these are the people that are going to take us there. It's Nick Suzuki. It's Caulfield. It's KK. It's Romanov. We need to just play him and see what happens. Like it, like you said, only once teams come back from this. This is such a do or die moment. Let the kid out. Let the kid have free reigns. That's what we brought him in for, right? You it's, signed him to play. You signed him right? to play because you felt that there was no there was no risk in letting him, right? That's why Nick Suzuki so fucking good. It's because when we brought him in, fuck, what 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 do we have to lose to sit him? You know. That's the great argument against Vegas is that Vegas was trying to win now and Nick Suzuki was never going to see the light of day. Nick Suzuki comes here and we're like, fuck, welcome to the club. We're fucking piss poor, but you're going to get a lot of fucking minutes and your game's going to develop very quickly. Let this kid play. Fuck. It's one game, you know, like it's one game. You don't win it. it, We'll see you next fucking season. It could be one. It could be two. It could be three. It could be four. You're right. You're but right. you will and, never and not, find yeah. out if you don't play him. You're not going to win playing the way you did before, and you have to change something. And as much respect as I have for what Dominic Ducharme has been able to do coming in, it's proven in just simply the way Kakanyemi played with Luke Richardson as opposed to Dominic Ducharme. He is not... And I get it. You want to rely on those vets because you want that cup so bad. You want it. You can almost taste it. You need the kids to carry you there. I'm <laughs> Corey Perry is our 10th or, or our fourth in points. He's 35 years old. Those are what, that's what your veteran core is doing. It's your fourth line. That's four, five, and seven in scoring. Your your veterans, your core, your old depth guys, they're not doing it. You need to realize it's the young guys who have gotten you here. Fucking play them. Die by them. Because next year, you're going to have to do the exact same thing. And Romanov didn't sign here to be benched. He signed here to play. And I don't want to lose him to the KHL. Right. I really don't. And what's Jordan Harris going to do? Next year, right after the NCAA season, if he watches Romanov ride the bench, yeah, he's gonna gonna disturb us exactly. So, I just think you have to, it's a mess to make decisions. Yeah, you have to make decisions based on who's going to do, like, based on you know, you want to make those veteran decisions sometimes. I get it, 
but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, sorry, I'm stuttering. You have to make those decisions based on who is going to get your results. And it's clear that it's the young guys, not the veterans that are getting us results here. It's like, uh, it's like the conversation we had um, during the off season last year uh, when we talked about the depth uh, for defensemen just sitting in the farms, right? Imagine, <laughs> imagine, you know, Harris is looking at, okay, you know, um, I might have to play in the AHL, you know, or, or what have you, you know, it doesn't look good looking at the, the amount of talent that's in front of him and then seeing, you know, his, the best thing that he could be is like a Romanov getting immediately, you know, given a shot. It's not looking that great. If, if we're just sitting him, you know, not utilizing him because he's <laughs> dearly missed, you know, not just being a fan, but like watching the game. Fuck, dude. I wish there were so many moments that who, – who'd he lay that hit on? Uh, was it uh, Petrangelo against Vegas where he lined him up and he just couldn't get away and just fucking stuffed him? Yeah. I, imagine throwing that on Stamkos, Kucherov, fucking uh, Tyler Johnson right now, a Braden Point. Like, what you got to lose? <laughs> and I mean, we're not trying to injure him, but we're trying to show him we're fucking there, and they're not, they're not going to get across this line without paying a fucking price. See, that's not even what I think about when I want Romanov in, though. And that's what scares me. I don't want him to turn into a glorified Alexi Emelin. As much as I loved Emelin in Montreal, he provided no offense. And he was shaky defensively sometimes because he'd go for those hits. I love Romanov's ability to play the puck, which we saw but it, at the start of the year. And it looks like it got beat out of him because he would make mistakes. But he was exciting. He would jump into the play. He'll do things. I want him to do that because you, Weber, right. sorry, Weber can't do that. Petrie can. Kulak can. He's not playing. But you're seeing Sherratt do it, and that's not Sherratt's role. But I think he's realizing, yo, I have to because no one else is, right? Mm. And you watch the way Tampa plays. Absolutely everything is from the back end everything and Montreal needs to replicate that this is a copycat league but that is something that is tried and true if your defense can't cycle the puck can't make breakout passes can't skate it out of the zone your puck the, the way Montreal needs to play is with puck possession you're not going to have a lot if you don't have that I just get I get that we brought in Gustafson for this playoff push right but if you're willing to let Gustafson make those mistakes that you're afraid to let um, Romanov do, then it kind of makes no sense. You know, it just, it just doesn't in my mind, he's not going to get any, any better, you know, without, without being given the chance to, to fail and then not be reprimanded for it. Yeah, I totally agree. So hopefully, you know, I I don't see us keeping Gustafson. I, I believe he's available to, to see the market once the playoffs are over. But, you know, I don't <laughs> – I think we blew it as far as with uh, with Romanov. And, and this and this possibility, he's had so many – fuck, I don't remember how many games we're on now, but he's had ample games to play high-caliber hockey. And he's been fucking sitting. And there was there was mistakes. We, we sat KK. We sat Cole Caulfield, you know. Which we, was stupid. 
Because Cole Caulfield, look at what Caulfield's is, done. He's, 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 he's leading rookies in, in all in all stats offensively right now. He's so. third on our team in points. <laughs> just, uh, I don't know, just bad fumbles, you know. And and I think once once we get to the offseason, we're gonna get back into the topic that we were talking about against uh, against Serrano about this uh, clean house or 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 anything like that. But uh, I think it's time to do a little bit of in-depth once once this is over because uh, these mistakes have been very costly. And I don't mean just, you know, giving these kids chances. This is fucking with their future, and it's fucking with, with the, the possibility of them not wanting to re-sign. You know, I don't want to see the next patch already who's amazing here, you know, gets sick of it, goes somewhere else, and, and kind of revisits that glory that he had here. I don't want to fucking see that with any of these young kids at all. That's a slap in the fucking face. And I, we have a shot to do the shit right. We need to do it right by these four guys right now. That's facts. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess not much more. That's on fucking uh, cream of mushroom soup. My wife's been saying that a lot. I don't know why. I think she saw it on Tumblr. <laughs> I have my Canadian brain just exploded. Why? I have, I, what? Oh, because of what I said. Yeah, what just came out of your mouth? Instead of saying like that's on God, I think like the, there's like a Tumblr thing that's like that's on and that's on cream of mushroom soup. I don't know. I figured you'd get it because you're so young and and I'm like a quote unquote boomer to you. A boomer. <laughs> You're a fucking millennial. LOL. Look, um, to just have something really nice at the end of this episode, right? I saw this fucking tweet by this guy. It's at Hab's real fan. And I think everybody should go like this guy, give him a follow or something. He's not the most active person, but he said, In 86, I was six years old. And I celebrated with my dad and uncles. In 93, I was 13, and I celebrated with my mom. My mom and uncle passed away. My dad doesn't watch anymore. Uh, so in 2021, I'm going to watch and celebrate with you guys. That shit hit my heart so bad that, that I was like, oh, my God. I want to live stream with this guy, right? Like I want to watch the game with him. I, it, just, it just warms my heart that wherever this guy's located – He's kind of like me, like watching this shit by himself. But when I, I read that, that touched me. But uh, I figured instead of us uh, almost like a soft negative talking about this team that we're super proud of still and uh, further than I thought we could ever get. And it'll be very memorable. I thought that would be something that well, I, I wanted to bring up. Yeah, definitely. I think it's worthwhile. And hopefully, you know, Montreal can not only win for us, but win for him. And, uh, you know, I'm of the opinion that they are going to win this game. I'm actually very, very confident in that. I don't think I've been more confident in any anything else this series so far. So it'll be interesting to see. And needless to say, I'm fucking excited. So without further ado, uh, if you want to take us out, it's your episode. So I'll give you the honors. Yeah, remind me next episode. I want to talk about your friend that works for NHL now. Can't wait. Can't believe that slipped my mind again. Uh, oh, but I folk, mean, <laughs> save it for next fucking, one fucking friend. Don't Jesus. disrespect me like Duke. that. All right. Whatever. We'll talk about it next one. Let's keep it juicy. Folks, thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, this has been Habs Nightly. We appreciate you guys listening. 
uh, laughing with us, conversating with us. Uh, if you could, please follow us on Twitter at HavesNightly and myself at Benders. Hope you guys have a great day and go Habs. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni. It's a substitute for Katie. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you crack ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night.